Good morning, church. How's everyone doing this morning? Good? It's good to see you, each and every one of you here. And if you're our guest this morning, if you're new to NCC, or maybe this is your first time, or if you're watching online later this week, we want to welcome you and say thanks for joining us. My name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at New Community Church. And we're a church that's passionate about making people and places new. And I want to take um, just a quick moment before I get into the message and just share with you something God placed in my heart about that that calling of making people and places new. This week, I had the opportunity to go with um, a number of other pastors to California on what's known as like a replenish retreat. And so this is the photo. There was about 10 or 12 of us pastors. There was a few other leaders there as well um, from different parts of the United States, um, different lead pastors, some even from other parts of the world. And we all went to California together and we spent some time just praying and um, encouraging one another, growing spiritually together. So on Thursday night, when we were ending our time together, um, we spent some time praying over each pastor in their church, in their community. So this group of pastors right here spent Thursday night praying over Mesquite, praying over NCC, and praying over my life as a pastor. And after each of us got in the middle and we spent some time praying, um, we would each take a turn and maybe share scripture or share something God laid on my heart. So there was this guy named Sean there, and he said, Aaron, your church is an answer to my prayer. And so I talked to him a little bit that week, and It was kind of neat because he began to just share, hey, I grew up in Mesquite. And he said, I I lived there whenever I went to elementary school. He went to high school right here at Mesquite, high school in downtown Mesquite. And he said, whenever I was in high school, my life was just messed up. He had family members in jail, family members that were strung out on drugs. Like he just had some issues in his life. And he said, right there, there was a church in Mesquite and they invited me. My life was changed. God saved me. He went off to Bible college and he said, you know, he's a pastor. He's pastored in different churches in Louisiana. But he said, my heart's always been for Mesquite. And he's like, I've always wondered, God, will you ever call me back to that city? Man, I'd love to see a church that's there. And he said, that's really strong there. And Just as we've talked this week, Sean was just sharing. He's like, man, I've been praying for your kind of church to be there in that city. And he's like, for the past 20 years, I have not stopped praying for God to do something amazing in Mesquite. And he said, I am fully confident that NCC is the church that I've been praying for. And you guys, that was so encouraging to my heart that someone we don't even know you know, someone that was impacted, you know, so many years ago has been praying for our church and God just dropped this inside of me. Aaron, don't ever let that vision die. You guys, what we do week in and week out, what we're doing as a church is because of people like Sean. What we're doing as we add on to the building, it's because we want more young people that will come into this place and their life will be changed and people and places will be made new and they'll take that to even other states and other parts of the world and God will make an impact through our church right here. He'll use it to impact others. And so I wanna encourage you in that church, let's never let that vision die of making people and places new, man. Other people are praying for us and I know God wants us to live this vision out as a church. So I wanted to encourage you with that this morning. That's not even the message. That's just a free kind of side note, okay? So let's get into the actual message this morning. We're talking about life proof. And we've been talking the past couple of weeks, how do we guard key areas of our life? Those things that are most valuable to you, how do you make sure that other things don't come in and destroy them? And so I wanted to end this series as we've talked about marriage and last week, how do we guard um, our thought pattern and our mind? I wanted to end this week by talking about how do we guard our time? 
How do we guard the time that God has given us? And so every week we've given out a resource um, to you and we've encouraged you to pick this up. And so this week it's this book called 168 Hours. It's by Laura Vanderkam. Hope I'm saying her last name right. And it's an amazing book. We've read through this together here at the church and we've practiced a lot of these. And so we're getting, we've got four of these to give away. So randomly, if you were the fifth person to shake someone's hand, you got one of these. Hold this up. If you've got one of these, we've got a free book for you. Okay, right here. We've got one right back there. Just keep it held up. Caleb's going to hand those out. Let's give them a hand if you've got one of these. Last service, someone tried to hold up a napkin, and I said, that doesn't work. It's got to look like this, okay? But go ahead and hold that up, and we'll get you one of those. But this is a really great book. If you're saying, hey, Pastor Aaron, I do. I struggle with time management and how I use my time. This is a great book that will help you. And so I want to encourage you to even go online and to buy this book. It'll be a challenge to you. And the whole title there, 168 Hours. I want you to write that down because... You probably didn't think about that number a lot before you came in today. And before you leave, I want that to be a focus um, on our mind this next week and even over the next few weeks. 168 hours. That's the time that you have in your week. From Sunday morning to Saturday night, that's what God has given you, 168 hours. And as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, that's pretty neat because it doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter if you're the most successful person in the world, like a Bill Gates, or it doesn't matter if you're the least known person in the world. Each of us have the exact same amount of time. Thomas Edison, great inventors, Albert Einstein, geniuses, they all had the exact same amount of time that you and I have, 168 hours. No one that has ever lived on this earth has had more Okay, no one, we don't have less. We have 168 hours. We're all given the exact same amount of time. And so it's not really a question of how much time do we have, but what are you doing with the time that you've been given? If time is that great equalizer, okay, you have 168 hours, I have 168 hours. Okay, what are we doing with that time that we've been given? Have you ever stopped and thought about that? What am I doing with the time that I have? How am I investing that? How do I view time? You know, some of us, we get this idea, kind of misconceptions in our mind about time. We walk around and people ask us, how are you doing? And what's so many times our immediate response or what have you heard people say? I'm just so busy. I don't have time to do things like I'm always going, going, going. And some of us, we're living our lives just like this right here. How many of you guys remember Alice in Wonderland, okay? Some of us, that's how we live our lives. We're running from one place to the next, right? We're always so busy. We don't even always know where we're going, but we're headed somewhere and and things are always going on. And so that's our response. Well, I'm just too busy. I'm just too busy. When we think about time, we just think about the busyness of our schedule. But that's not how we see that God says in his words that we should think about time. Many of us never stop and think about the power of time. Have you thought about the power of the time that you have? 
Time is one of the few commodities in our world that is not renewable, okay? If you spill something on your shirt, you're eating lunch today and you get something on your shirt, you can throw it away, you can go buy a new one, but you can't go buy more time. You can't get more of that. You only have so much that you're given. Each of you this morning, you said, hey, I want to invest my time in going to church. That's a pretty powerful thing because you only have so much time this week and you've chosen to say, hey, I'm gonna spend it with other Christians, with other believers being challenged in my faith. There's power in that of saying, God, this is what I'm gonna do with the time that you've been given because once again, you only have so much of it. There's only so much you can do in your 168 hours. Some of us, we live with this dream of, I just wish I had more time. Aaron, if I had more time, I, you know, I could get this done. I would be happier. Things would be so much easier. But it doesn't matter how much you wish for it. You can't create more time in your life. So once again, the question is not how much time do you have, but what are you doing with the time that God has given you? And so I want us to look at scripture. I want us to once again go to God's word because he talks about our time. And he talks about how we view it and what we should do with it. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms chapter 139, and we're going to start reading at verse 16. And if you didn't bring a Bible with you today, there is a blue Bible. It's a blue book in the seat in front of you, and it's on page 300. And you can reach down and take that out or take out your smartphone and just Google Psalms 139 verse 16 and find that because we want to open up God's word. I want all of us seeing this together and reading what God's word says. And we're going to hit a verse here and then hit another verse later um, in another part of Psalms. But once you have that, hold on to that for a moment. If you've never read Psalms before, let me explain what's happening in this book. Psalms is simply a compilation of songs, okay? It's a mixtape, if you will. It's a, it's a whole lot of poems and songs that people wrote as praise to God. Some of them are prayers. So some people wrote down prayers or they would sing out prayers to God. And that's what the book of Psalms is. It's just kind of this compilation of songs and poems that talk about people's love for God. And so this is what we pick up. Psalms 139 talks about how God made us. And in case you didn't know this this morning, this scripture tells you that you are fearfully and you are wonderfully made, that God knows about you. He knows when you wake up in the morning and when you go to sleep. And so Psalms 139, we don't have time to read through it all, but I would encourage you go back and read it because it gives some amazing insight to how God sees us. And so we're just going to read verse 16. This is what it says. Psalms 139 verse 16, the writer says, God, your eyes saw my unformed body. And so he's saying, Lord, before I was even born, you saw me. Before I was ever created, God, you saw me. And then he goes on to say, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. I want you to think about that. All the days that you're going to live your life, all the time that God has given you, he wrote about it. He ordained that. He set it apart. Before you had even lived one day, God wrote down what you were going to do today. He knew this moment. He knew the time that he was giving you. And as I just took this week and I was thinking about that verse and I was reflecting on it over and over again, I thought, man, God, that's not how I see time. I don't know about you, but many times I see time as my enemy. Like I'm thinking I'm fighting against this thing called time. It's difficult. I'm trying to chase it down, right? I'm trying not to waste time. I'm trying to fit as much and cram as much as I can into time. Like time is just going, 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 going. And, and there's only so much of it. And I feel this struggle with this idea of time. But God says, wait, it's not a struggle. This is a gift. 
Church, just stop and reflect on that for a second. Before you lived one day, God wrote about the time that he was giving you. It's a gift. He thought about it. Think about the last time you, someone's birthday, an anniversary, something. You wanted to get them the perfect thing, and that's what God did. He said, hey, I'm giving you this gift of time. And before you were even born, I, I know it. I'm writing it down in the book, in my book about you. God has thought about this. And so he gives to us time as a gift in our life. But so many of us, once again, we're fighting against this. Students, we've got homework, right? And it seems like there's this struggle. We've got projects at work. We've got things that we've got to do. We've got to-do lists that we create or that other people give us. And so it seems like this struggle, there's this battle in our mind that time is against me and it's getting away and I've got to fight and do everything that I can. And what ends up happening is we end up spinning our wheels with this mindset that time is my enemy. I just spin my wheels and I don't really go anywhere. And so I want to show you exactly what this looks like. Adam, can you help me this morning? Give Adam a hand. He didn't know that he was going to do that, but. Okay, so Adam, you're going to hold this side of the rope, and I'm going to come over here and hold this side of the rope. And we're going to act like this is time right here in the middle, okay? And this is what we feel like is you're going to go that way. I'm going to try to go this way. Let's see how much progress we make, okay? Who's stronger, you guys? A little tug of war there, okay? Okay, Adam's fooling me. So this is what it's like. It's like this battle, right? And there's homework and there's projects at work. And we're, we're fighting, but we're not making any progress because of the mindset that we have. It, it's our enemy, right? And it's trying to get away from me. And I'm just pulling and I'm struggling, but I'm not going anywhere because of that mindset. And God's saying, I want you to see this as a gift because there's something different that happens when you change your perspective, right? When you shift where you're going as it views time and you start to say, God, okay, this isn't an enemy. I don't have to just make it through. Like, God, this is a gift that you've given me. And, and you start to do that and change your perspective. And so we're going to walk forward and see what happens. See how much easier that was. Give Adam a hand. Great job, man. Thank you. And all of a sudden you make traction, right? Things begin to go. Why? Because you've changed your perspective. And I would challenge you, church, if you've been viewing time as an enemy, that you need to shift your perspective, even that thought of God, this is a gift in my life. What you've given me today, I don't have to just rush through it. Because many of us, that's what we do, right? Like there's this mindset of, I just got to get through it. And if you're struggling financially, if I can just make it to the next paycheck, if I can make it from two Fridays, and you miss all of this in between, you miss all of this moment right here that God has given you. Well, whenever I, I get in that relationship, whenever I get married, whenever I have a kid, whenever this happens, whenever I get a promotion, you're living somewhere out in the future. You're fighting against the present right here where God has called you. These moments, these gifts in your life that God has given you because you're living somewhere out there. And God hasn't called us to just get through life. There's things that you have to get through, right? Students, you got to get through your homework, that essay, those math problems, right? And you're like, I don't want to do this. this. And so you have that attitude of, man, I, I just got to get through this. Maybe at work, you got to get through a project. If, if I can just get this done, it's, uh, there's those things in your life that you just have to get through. But, but God's saying, that's not the way that time is. You guys, I don't get through dessert, okay? 
I savor every moment of it. And when I go to Maggiano's and I sit down this Italian restaurant and they bring out that chocolate cake that looks like a tower, I mean, I'm not thinking I just got to get through this. I'm savoring every delicious layer, right, of chocolate upon chocolate. This is not a struggle for me to say, hey, I've got to get, no, I'm tasting every delicious moment. I want it to last as long as it can. Why? Because it's so delicious. And that's what God is saying is you need to change your perspective on time. If you see this as your enemy, you've got it wrong. These, this is a gift for you. These are moments that God has given you. These are things that he has written about in his word. And he's saying, hey, this is my gift to you. This is something that I want to give and I want you to savor in your life. So how do you do this? If you're sitting here like, I remember the first time and it's one of Sarah's mentors, spiritual mentors that was talking to us about this and the light bulb just went on. I view time as an enemy. I'm just trying to get through this thing and I'm trying to make it to some point out there in the future where I think it'll be easier and I'm forgetting that today is a gift. This moment is a gift and how do I shift that mindset? And one of the things that God challenged me with is just stop and give thanks. And so I've tried to create that practice in my life. Whenever I feel like I'm getting in a rush or I'm getting too busy, I literally just stop and I just say, thank you, God, for today. This is, time is not my enemy, Lord. Today is a gift from you. And just that simple act of verbalizing that out loud, I know that's gonna seem weird for some of you guys, but I do that. I just say out loud, time's not my enemy, God. This is a gift that you've given. It changes my perspective. I start to see things a little bit different. And so we're gonna practice that this morning, okay? And so I want you to just say this out loud. God, thank you for the gift of today. Okay, some of you sounded pretty weak on that. So one more time, let's practice it again. God, thank you for the gift of today. There you go. That simple phrase right there can shift your perspective. You stop kind of just spinning your wheels going and going nowhere, but you start to make movement whenever you stop and say, God, I recognize today's a gift. And so God, I say, thank you for that. I'm not fighting against this thing called time, Lord, but this is a gift that you've given me in my life, Lord, and I want to honor you in that. Another thing that can shift your mindset is when you just pause and reflect. When you just stop and you're present in the moment, you're present right here, right where you're at, and you're not rushing to the next thing, but you take a moment to pause. There's something that happens when we do that. And so we're going to practice that this morning. We're going to put up 30 seconds here in just a moment, and I'm going to ask you to sit there. And students, don't think about the homework that you've got to do tonight before you go back to school tomorrow. Guys, don't be checking your fantasy football scores, okay, or how the Cowboys are doing as kickoff's getting ready to start. Just take a moment and be present right where you're at. Give thanks to God. Just take a moment and reflect. And so we're going to do that. I think we're going to put up 30 seconds up there. We're going to be quiet for a moment and just pause. Okay, so for some of you, that felt like an eternity, didn't it? You were staring at the clock. I saw you, okay? 
because we're not used to this right here. It just feels weird. You're like, I don't know. Do I look at Pastor Aaron? Do I not look at him? What do I do with my 30 seconds? Because we're not used to just some quiet time where we just stop and reflect. And it's always going, 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 going. And this does feel weird. It does feel awkward because we don't view time as a gift. And so we think we're fighting against it instead of receiving it as a gift in our life. And sometimes that simple act of just what we did of taking moments throughout your day and just taking deep breaths in, deep breaths out, just pausing for a second before you rush on to the next task or whatever you have next, just that simple act can remind you, God, this is a gift. I'm not promised tomorrow, God. I need to enjoy today. I need to enjoy these moments, God, this gift that you have given me. And so that's what God's word challenges us to do. That's what he's encouraging us to do is to pause and reflect. This week, whenever I was reading a book and it was talking about time, this author wrote this kind of powerful reminder of how many times we live. And it kind of it mimicked Psalms 23. If you guys have ever heard that or read that, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie um, upon green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And so he wrote, hey, this is how we live. This is kind of a modern Psalms 23. And this is what it says. The clock is my dictator. I shall not rest. It makes me lie down only when I am exhausted. It leads me into deep depression and it hounds my soul. It leads me in circles of frenzy for activity's sake. Even though I run frantically from task to task, I will never get it all done. Deadlines and my need for approval, they drive me. They demand performance for me beyond the limits of my schedule. Surely fatigue and time pressure shall follow me all the days of my life. In case you don't know, that's not what Psalms 23 says. But that's how many of us live. We're going from activity to activity, scheduled event to scheduled event, and we're not allowing God to bring rest in our life. And we're not seeing time as a gift. We're not giving thanks for that. And this need to just constantly get more and more stuff done makes time our enemy and not a gift from God. And God's saying, wait, that's not how I've designed you to live. This is a gift in your life. But not only is it time as a gift in our life. There's one other thing that I want us to think about as we look at how do we life-proof our time? How do we guard against things that would try to steal our time or distract us? And this last thought is here. You prioritize what is important. You prioritize what is important in your life. If time is a gift, then we need to accept that gift. We need to realize its value. And so Psalms chapter 90, verse 12 it talks about this. So if you have your Bible still open, you can turn to page 284. And this is what it says. The psalmist writes and he says, teach us to number our days. Psalms chapter 90, verse 12. Teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What's the psalmist saying? He's saying the days that you live, they have value, each and every one of them. And you need to number them. Now, God's not just talking about keeping count of them. What he's saying is there's value there. You need to recognize the value of each and every day. You number them. You realize, hey, there's importance here. And he says, whenever you do that, whenever we number our days, whenever we understand that, there's wisdom that comes inside of our life. And he's talking about this idea of prioritizing what's important. How are you spending the time that you've been given? Because if you don't decide how you're going to spend that, someone else is going to decide for you. 
We talk about that with finances. If you don't tell your money where to go, it's going to tell you where to go, right? If you don't tell it what to do, it's going to tell you what you can do. And it's that same way with time. If you don't prioritize your time, someone or something else is going to make themselves a priority in your life, and you may not want that there. And so the psalmist is saying that, teach us the number of our days. Lord, let us understand the value of time that we have, this gift that you've given us. God, let us recognize that in our life. You know, I started to look through my week and just think about that again. And, you know, there are things that you can't get away from. There are things that you have to spend your time on, okay? You may have not thought about that, but every day you're going to spend around 67 minutes eating, okay? I know some of us spend a little bit more, maybe some of us spend a little bit less, okay? But um, you're going to spend around 67 minutes eating. You can't get away from that, okay? You try to save too much time there, you're going to starve, you're going to go hungry, you need that. Okay? You spend about eight hours sleeping. If you're a teenager, probably a little bit more. If you're a parent with little kids, probably a little bit less, but somewhere right in there, right? About eight hours sleeping every day. You can't get away from that, okay? Your mind needs that rest to be able to function and be able to operate. There's one other thing you can't get away from. You have to go to the bathroom, okay? Did you know you spend 14 minutes a day? That didn't seem like it was long enough for me, okay? But I guess some of you guys get in quick and get out quick, but you spend 14 minutes of your day going to the bathroom, okay? Please don't try to save that time. Spend that time in the bathroom, okay? You need that, but you've got, those are times, those are things we can't get away from. But when you add all of those up, it's right about nine and a half, 10 hours that's mandatory in your life, and you get to choose the rest. You really do. You get to choose the rest. Now, you may be sitting here thinking, no, Pastor Aaron, you're wrong. I don't get to choose the rest. No, you do. Maybe if you're little, your parents make you go to school. But as you get older, you have a choice. You have a choice to go to work. Maybe you think, no, my boss makes me be there. No, you chose to invest your time in that. Now, you may choose to invest your time by going to work because you want your family to be able to eat. You want them to be able to have a home and clothes to wear. But that's how you chose to invest your time. You said, this is a priority. And so every day I'm going to show up at work so I get a paycheck. That's your choice. You invested that time like that. And I would say, hey, that's probably a pretty good investment. But that's something you need to realize. I chose that. No one's holding a gun to your head to show up at the office or show up at the workplace. You're choosing, that's how I want to invest my time. You're choosing how else you want to invest your time. Some of you are choosing to spend hours on Facebook and you spend way too much time on there. Can I just say that? You're on there way too much. Nothing is that important to spend hours on there for, okay? So you may need to reevaluate that, but that's how you're choosing to spend your time. You may choose it, you know, choose to spend it watching Netflix and binge watching some old TV show or taking your kid to a soccer game or doing something fun. That's, you get to choose around 14 hours every day. How am I going to spend my time? How am I going to invest my But it's a choice that you have. And what the psalmist is reminding us is teach us to number our days. God, what's the priority? What's the value of those hours that I have? And as I was just reflecting on this, that, that book that we put up earlier, we've gone through some of the practices in that book. And one of the most powerful things that she does, it, it's this right here. It's 168 hours. This is your week right here. Okay? Sunday through Saturday, the hours are lined out here. This is your week. 
It's blank right now, but you and I, we choose how we fill it up for the most part. And I can remember this, this practice of saying, okay, God, am I valuing my time? Do, God, am, am, do I know the number of my days? Do I understand where I'm spending my time? And so we did this. Our, our staff all did this together um, here at the church because we wanted to get better at this. And so I'm starting to write. I'm starting to see how I spend my days. I'm starting to evaluate that. You guys, I get to day two. I come home from work. I want to sit down on the couch and I grab the TV remote and what happens? I start to think, is that how I want to spend my time? I'm going to have to write that down. And do I want to really put three hours of the office that I've just binge watched? Okay. Like, is that, or is it better for me to be able to write, hey, I just spent two hours playing games with my kids or going outside and teaching them to ride a bike? Like, how do I want to spend my time? You guys, this was an eye opener for me. It was an eye-opener for what I actually invest the time that I have in, what I'm actually doing. And that simple act of tracking that shifted things because like I just mentioned, I thought, wait, before I did something, do I really want to have to write that down? Like, that's how I want to spend my time. That's where I want to invest what you've given me. I discovered, hey, I may watch a little bit too much TV. I discovered, God, I don't know if I'm spending enough time with you. Like it's easy for an hour, two hours to go by watching a movie. And then some days I'm just writing five or 10 minutes in there and I'm okay with that. That's how I understand the priority of my time. That's what I want to write down. That's what I want to invest. And, and I'm not saying what that should be like for your life, but I'm telling you this simple practice and we have one of these for each of you. They're back at the hospitality center. You can just go by and grab one, but I would challenge you to do this. It was an eye opener even here at work. And I didn't just write down, I came into work and then it was blank, you know, for eight hours or 10 hours. I wrote down what I did. I worked on my message. I made some phone calls. I was planning this event and I started to look, is this the best way for me to serve the church? God, is this how you've called me as a pastor to love people and to help them grow spiritually and to help our church grow? Like I thought, man, I, I put so much time in, but if we're not careful, we waste time. And the psalmist says, no, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain and we may grow in a heart of wisdom, God. That's what we want as a church. That's what we want as individuals. And I don't know where you're at this morning, but I know so many of us as a culture, we're fighting this thing like it's our enemy. And God says, no, this is a gift. Savor, take in every moment, appreciate the gift that I've given to you. And the psalmist also reminds us, God, teach us to number our days. Lord, let us see the priority and the value of every moment you've given us. I can guarantee you, some of you, you're working too much. And there's too little, there's too little of an amount right here that says family. And God wants you to know the value of your days. There's some of you, maybe you're not working enough and God's saying, hey, I want you to be more productive. I want you to, to do that. There's some of you, you're gonna fill this out and you're gonna realize I'm trying to do this alone. I don't have enough relationship stuff on here. And God's not called me to be an island. He's not called me to try to live this out. I need more people in my life. See, these are things that we realize whenever we prioritize and say, God, teach us to number our days, Lord, so that we may gain and grow in a heart of wisdom.